But there are times when a critic truly risks something, and that is in the discovery and defense of the new. The world is often unkind to new talent, new creations. The new needs Main Street Meckies. Wow. <laughs> I know, right? It's deep. That's yeah. good stuff. <laughs> I felt, uh, I felt, given our topic today, a Ratatouille quote would yeah. be appropriate. Uh, so, was... for those who did not recognize this, that is a quote by Anton Ego, uh, right, essentially at the end of the movie, uh, before he loses his job and they shut down the <laughs> restaurant due to health violations. Yeah, that's a good, good ego voice, though. Good I, quote. I, good, uh, bring, yeah, I could use some it, work, it, but the quotes good. It brings us good. in on a on a, a nice, deep, sentimental, weirdly note. somber, deep yeah. note uh, that <laughs> I didn't think of. I was just like, oh, hey, I can insert Main Street Mechies there really easily. Perfect quote. That's the uh, only criterion for uh, our intros. So that's I think that need. would be better than me doing a gusto accent. So oh, no. <laughs> yeah, I figured this was the better, better, uh, better thing. Okay, we should actually introduce the show at some. Oh point. yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Welcome to Main Street Mackies, the show where two real engineers and hopeful imagineers talk about everything Disney. I am your mon frere extraordinaire, Noah. And I'm your Disney exchange student, Alex. We took that in two different directions. <laughs> one did a rhyme. One, one couldn't think of a name. I'll take you and guess which one's which. When it does rhyme, it's a gift. And when it doesn't, that's fine. It's still a gift. It's just a poorly wrapped and re-gifted gift. I liked it. I, think, I thought it was good. Um, some quick plugs before we get started with the episode. Check us out on Instagram at Main Street Meckies to check out uh, any upcoming episodes and any additional info regarding the most recent episodes. Uh, you can also find us on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify. If you leave a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts, I am obligated by Blood Oath Covenant to read whatever text is in your review in the voice of Alex's choosing, which is still Mr. It's Toad. still Mr. Toad. And if anybody it's was wondering, that, that oath is to the live-action figment that's currently in the Epcot Park. That is our oh. dark patron. <laughs> I open uh, my skull, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we had to sign it over. Um, it was required, uh, yeah, apparently. He was, he was yeah. really eager about that deal, too. I didn't feel yeah, too Yeah, very that, excited. But... Um, I'm, not, I'm not sure where the excitement came from. The voice was not right, either. It was no. very... <laughs> Very deep. It was a lot. Like five voices layered on top of each other. A lot um, wasn't each right from a different section of his body. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that <laughs> if you leave a review, all of that will happen. Uh, you can also <laughs> check out some Main Street Meckies merch at Redbubble. If you go to Redbubble.com and look up Main Street Meckies, we got all kinds of nerdy Disney stickers and various accessories to show everyone just how niche your interest in Disney is. Uh, well, various also... various accessories as in stickers. Uh... Yeah, various sizes of stickers, various <laughs> textures of stickers. I think one texture, multiple sizes. Is it just the matte sticker? I, I thought you could get glossy too. <laughs> I can't remember. You can get various sizes of the stickers is really what we're getting at here. Uh, and that's to show off your dedication to the podcast. Uh, and last but not least, if you have any travel needs uh, that are Disney adjacent, Alex is your guy. Tell him about it. Hi, uh, I'm a Disney travel agent. Uh, wow, I have weird energy today. <laughs> that is just apparently what morning. we're going with. Yeah. yeah, just weird morning energy. Um, yeah, so if you are looking to do a Disney trip, uh, I'm a 
licensed certified Disney travel agent. I can help you book the trip. I can help you do uh, like kind of plan out your days, make reservations uh, up until January 9th, make park reservations. And then after January 9th, you won't need them anymore, which is pretty cool. Um, I keep up to date on Disney news, on stuff that's opening, on stuff that like maybe you won't see if it's your first trip or something like that, like you're just not looking out for. That's where I come in. I know these things. I can tell you, hey, go check this out. It's open during this time or there's a special thing going on here. Or one thing I hear very commonly from people who don't do Disney parks often, don't go to this park. There's a weird special event going on that's making the park close early unless you buy those tickets. Um, mm-hmm. So just stuff like that. Any of that, un- frankly, like uh, annoying, hard to deal with stuff that kind of comes with a Disney vacation. Disney travel agents can do that for you. And the best part, it's no extra cost. And so for literally the same cost as you would be spending, if you did it all yourself, you can have an extra hand to take over pretty much any part of that planning that you want them to. And so if you would like to do that, uh, got bigger. Uh, (laughs) Mm -hmm. uh, If you would like to do that, um, you can email us at mainstreetmeckies on at Gmail, uh, or you can send us a message at Main Street Mechies on Instagram. And uh, either one of those will get in contact with me and we can move forward from there and plan your awesome vacation. Nice. Plugs Next done. Plugs, plugs in. Done. And that plugs <laughs> plugs in. And now on to the 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 meat and potatoes of this episode. Mm-hmm. Wow. Uh, Interesting energy today. (laughs) It's crazy energy. It is. Okay. Just, just to let everybody know. So this is being released the same day that we're recording it because that was how our schedules work. So happy Friday, everybody. (laughs) Um, And it is a Friday at the end of a work week. Uh, I'm now, the reason our schedules have been a little bit off is because of me. Mostly I'm working a new work schedule where I'm working nine hour days uh but it's uh i get like every other friday off so like different beneficial in other ways i'm still getting used to it so a little tired it's now full fall here in oregon which means it's raining and it's dark early gloomy and (laughs) gloomy and so (laughs) we're everybody's adjusting uh right now but you know what? I feel like that kind of autumnal, darker weather is a perfect segue into the location that we're going to focus on for this episode. This is going to be another installment of a series I believe we're calling World Showcase. Yeah, I think we we ha- yeah. it got named World Showcase in the episode title. So I believe that that yes, locks okay. it in. So World, World Showcase. Showcase Disneyland Paris is yeah. what we're going to be doing today. Um, formerly known as Euro Disney and a park that has come up multiple times in other park episodes, specifically California Adventure a lot, because Mm -hmm. this park has a very interesting financial history with regards to the Disney company and a very interesting history in general with regards to how Disney has treated their international parks since since this park blew up on them and yeah. uh yeah, yeah uh and and but also not it's not all just gonna be like wow disney really messed up on this one also a probably their largest turnaround park as far mm-hmm. as quality uh how the guests have perceived it 
how it's perceived now versus how it was perceived when it was built. I would say definitely the the hardest sell that they have made and the biggest turnaround that they have done. Um, yeah. To improving how people think of the park. Thank goodness. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know if so a lot of my notes focused on just stuff about the park as it is today. Uh, but I do like have a, a general uh, trove of knowledge about its history to draw from. But I don't know if, if you looked into that too much or I, I did. A, I did a little bit more into the history. Um, and so Sweet. so this isn't this isn't a piece of Disney history. Um, maybe one day we'll do a piece of Disney history on Disneyland Paris. Yeah. Um, but the more focus of the international or the uh, the world showcase is to kind of talk about the differences between the parks and like mm -hmm. what they have and what's really cool over there. But you really you really can't talk about Disneyland Paris without talking about Euro Disney. Mm -hmm. And so we're ju I'm just going to give like a brief. I'm not going to do dates. I'm not going to do anything. Just a really brief overview of what happened with yeah. Euro Disney. So around. I'm going to snag a couple dates because uh, it is right off the bat promise like broken. Well, it's, oh. it's, it's important to talk about when this was happening. Cause it really puts yeah. into frame what was happening with the Disney parks mm -hmm. around then. So Disney had just opened, I believe it was Disneyland Tokyo and it went fantastic in Disneyland Tokyo. And essentially mm -hmm. the company's decision was, Oh, we can do this a bunch and just make a bunch of money. <laughs> and so they immediately started working in 1992 uh, or they went to open Disneyland Paris in 1992. They had immediately started working on the park. It was ready to go. They had their employees and uh, essentially even before the opening, it was pretty obvious that this park was maybe not going to go as well mm -hmm. as Very Disneyland cursed. Tokyo went. Mm hmm. And there, there's a huge reason for this. And even when you watch like Disney made documentaries, which are much nicer to the Dis to the Disney company than most of the uh, like the documentaries you'll see done by YouTubers or, or like podcasters, it's, yeah. it's much kinder on like Disney decisions. Even the Disney uh, documentaries throw this one down as this was bad. Um, mm -hmm. essentially what they had done in Tokyo was, uh, Tokyo said, Hey, we want a Disney park. Um, they said, sure. What do you want it to be like? And they said, no, no, we want Disneyland. Just take Disneyland, take American culture and put it in Tokyo. And that's exactly what they wanted. And that's exactly what they got. Disney took that as a rule of law afterwards. They essentially went, oh, this is what international guests want. <laughs> they want America in their in their park, in this little cutout thing. It's going to be exactly like Disneyland. We're not going to change a thing. It's American culture, American food. It, it does not integrate the culture of the area we're going into at all. And if people ask, we'll say, no, that's not what we do. And so that's what they did in Disneyland Paris. They essentially like just start building this park. There was a ton ton of public pushback both on the park existing at all on disney's employment standards on all these kinds of things that were a direct result of the french culture and the american culture clashing and mm -hmm. like stuff like disney's dress code and their uh hair requirements facial hair requirements uh the tattoo limitations like all those kinds of things that in the US, maybe are a lot like a lot, especially back then, a lot more common when it came to like work restrictions, like we're kind of 
used to that. It's much more relaxed nowadays, but back then, mm-hmm. like this was back in 1990s, 19, late 1980s, early 1990s. It was pretty much expected, like, and very publicly, like socially accepted as like, yeah, of course you don't do this. Or of course I want people to look like this and stuff like that in French culture wasn't like that it was seen as a very big affront to like personal freedoms and uh just the way that the french culture had built their lives and and the history of france too is very much focused on personal freedoms and rioting <laughs> when and those, wine <laughs> and well and it's like like there's the french the history of france is very much in it is a it is a history of revolution and um, so when when Disney started putting these things in place and putting the park in place, they were getting blockaded by French farmers. They were getting lambasted by every news media outlet in France that you could get. And so they opened this park and it just goes horribly. None of the French people are coming. People aren't traveling internationally to go. They are staggeringly under park attendance. Uh, on on April 12th, the day it opened, I remember, think of all the other opening days of Disney parks that we've talked about. Disney parks are swarmed opening mm-hmm. days. I even think California Adventure was swarmed. Like, yeah. much less than it was supposed to be, but still swarmed. Sure. They were expecting 90,000 cars to enter this complex. Jeez. And that's like the French government was like telling people to stay off the roads and like freaking out. On top of this, by the way, when they were opening, France was in a recession. So like <sighs> stack oof. on stack on stack of things that just did not go well. Big. So oof, they were expecting yeah. 90,000 cars. By midday, the car park was barely half full. And that meant uh, guest attendance was below 25,000. Midday Gosh. opening opening day for the park. <sighs> that and is that rough. Was, that was pretty much like the the story with Di- mm-hmm. Euro Disney. They pretty much had financial difficulties with this place until like the early to mid uh, early 2000s, even into like 2000 or 2010. Yeah. Like it, it, it just kind of kept going of just people weren't going and, and Disney didn't have alcohol in the parks. Huge issue with, with the French people. There's like, they didn't want to go like it, alcohol and wine and, champagne it's a huge part of the french culture and so eventually disney had to pull that back and they they just kind of kept pulling things back trying to get people to go and then they started redesigning rides they started redesigning lands Mm -hmm. they actually signed off a majority of the company uh in the late 90s over to a different company so disney wasn't even the majority stakeholder um until like 2017 and so eventually what what essentially happened was Disney had to walk back their stance, which they the stance that they were taking this entire time that the, the French people were essentially saying, hey, this isn't French and we don't want mm-hmm. it. They were essentially saying, well, we're American. So this is what you get. So expecting people to just go. <laughs> yeah. And the response was they didn't go. And mm-hmm. it, it kind of took that failure to almost forced Disney to acknowledge that just because something works in Tokyo and then works mm-hmm. in America, it doesn't work everywhere else. And they have carried that journey every time they've, or that lesson, every time that they've done a new park, you look at Shanghai yeah. and Hong Kong, there mm-hmm. was 
special, special, special care taken to make sure, I think in Hong Kong especially, to make sure that mm-hmm. there was elements of like the Chinese culture put into the park itself and things that yeah. people would relate to and make it so that they they understand like the flow of the park in a way that like matches the ways that like their cities are built and their their mm-hmm. homes are built and all these kind of things references that actually relate to what they're accustomed <laughs> to and what they see in their everyday lives just like how when we go we we still see shared experiences Mm-hmm. Some of those shared experiences are because of where we live in the country that we live in. That's not going to be the same in other countries. And it took a catastrophic financial failure. I, I just want to the just in the parks area. These are things that just straight up got canceled. This isn't even the things that it affected because it affected uh, Hollywood studios. It affected. Uh, wow. California Adventure. It affected. Mm-hmm. Like uh, it pretty much every park, everything that they were that doing came around the same time or like a little bit after was severely impacted by. Yeah, it affected Animal Kingdom extremely. Mm-hmm. And and on top of that, we are still seeing the the fixes of the effects of this financial failure happening today. So just the things that got canceled because of this Westcott which was uh, was going to be what was in California no. Adventure spot. And instead, we got California Adventure, which was a very, very tight budgeted park, essentially mm-hmm. the cheapest park that they could possibly make. Um, the, We've got an episode on that. You can go yeah, listen we have to an entire it. Episode. Yeah. yeah, go go listen to the piece of Disney history on uh, on California Adventure. We talk about Westcott and we talk about what the park was supposed to be versus what happened to it. And it was because mm-hmm. of Euro Disney, the failure of Euro Fading. Disney nearly bankrupted the company um it affected disney's america which uh disney's america was a uh theme park that was supposed to be made in virginia just got scrapped um it affected uh it scrapped tomorrowland 2055 which was supposed to be a big revamp of tomorrowland i I think it was in both of the parks Mm -hmm. um and it also uh oh sorry no just at disneyland for the tomorrow 55 but i mean look at tomorrowland now still affected by this not just Mm. getting scrapped beastly kingdom got scrapped at animal kingdom Uh. then we got dino land usa dino land usa is just (laughs) now being scrapped and turned into an actual like full land not a parking lot Um, it it truly truly was a uncharacteristic failure and probably Disney's first failure of a string of missed swings that kind of happened as a result of this just cascading. And, and when I say that, that they were in like right up at the edge of bankruptcy, here is what happened in uh, 1994. So they had, I believe it was about, two billion dollars in debt oh my gosh <laughs> uh on the euro disney park uh and um they were they were like on the edge of filing for bankruptcy for euro disney and apparently the bankers uh and the backers uh for the park had had meetings and in march 1994 they went into negotiations uh, with the banks to try and get some help with the debt that they were in. And the banks were essentially saying, it's like, absolutely not. Like 
you you dug your grave time to lie in it and so disney's response was well fine uh if you don't help us with the debt we're going to close the parks and let you have the land which means you have to deal with it and so the banks helped with the debt (laughs) yep yeah (laughs) because there was nothing that they could have done with the land like it, it it was unsellable because the only it was it had already been developed on there was hotels there was theme mm-hmm. parks there was you would have to tear all that down to oh be yeah able to remake it into something else and nobody had the capital that disney had to make it a workable theme park no and so like it, it would have been a complete loss for they literally threatened to pack their stuff and leave and yeah, that was the only like, way that they got help thank goodness the banks did help like i think i saw they they paused interest on all of disney's loans for three years so they could get their act together and like in that time disney had to i think completely close a hotel that was on site to cut back on costs because it was like so much more expensive to operate than any of the money it was bringing in so this is probably like the rare instance in disney's history of just a complete failure yeah there there was no redeeming well, okay, so I, I when there was no redeeming part to the park as a whole. There was redeeming things in the park. Sure. And those things stayed. Yeah. Or they got slightly revamped. But it was it was a swing and a miss, and it was also a telegraphed swing and a telegraphed miss. And I think that was Disney had a lot of hubris in this in this endeavor that essentially they just thought they could build something and people would buy it. And they did not actually have to listen to the customers. Um, it, it, it weirdly changed. Like we know best, you're just going to buy it. And even more, I know people complain about Disney doing that a lot nowadays, a whole different level, like whole different level. There was, there was newspapers calling for people to light the park on fire before it was even opened. <laughs> Like, and this imagine, is not this is like, not a joke. Like imagine they were... if in this day and age, like your local newspaper was like, you know that no new apartment development that's happening on this street. Light Let's it on all go fire. light it on fire. <laughs> right. It was there was, tr- and and I think it was like a totally joking. But if somebody did it, I'd be happy. Yeah. Like like it was that kind of definitely thing. don't and, go commit arson, guys. You should not do that at all. That wouldn't be funny did, at all. I and I mean it's it's especially like you you look at at uh, some like public reactions that happen in France when things go the way that the public does not want to go. I mean they put a mm-hmm. toll booth in Paris last year, and there was a riot in which the toll booth was ripped out of the ground like nice. it, it was <laughs> oh, france <laughs> it, it's it, they are they are very very determined they do what they want you know people. like they are <laughs> yeah. very determined people and when something doesn't go the way that they like it they don't do it and it's yeah you gotta so when the park it. wasn't good they didn't go yeah and uh <laughs> but disney did turn it around they they started kind of uh, it was in 1995 after the banks, they just started renovating things. They added new, new, uh, new attractions. They changed their outlook on how they would treat their workers in France, how they would treat the guests in France. They, they made it French is essentially what mm-hmm. they did. They, uh, it's one of the few places where you can find a champagne cart in front of the castle. And if, if like be able to look at the castle and mm-hmm. drink champagne and the food 
was improved it was it was made french and um since then like the park just slowly kind of rose itself out of the ashes and now Mm -hmm. it's one of the biggest tourist destinations in europe it's extremely successful it has beautiful lands and fantastic rides Mm -hmm. and uh, that's what we're going to focus on for the rest of this episode. Uh, that was a little bit longer than I meant it to be. I apologize, but uh, it, it really it is hard to talk about this without describing just really how bad it was for Disney when this happened and how much like this truly this was a dead park. Mm-hmm. Like there was it it by all intents and purposes it should have closed, and yeah, but they dragged it up and they and now it's become same level of powerhouse as the, the u.s parks and in, in tokyo mm-hmm. and shanghai and hong kong and so well and transitioning into just talking about the design it's such a shame that disney dropped the ball so impressively hard on this one because the the actual design of like a lot of parts of the park right off the bat was really fantastic. great like yeah, like sleeping beauty ideas. castle is so unique compared to any of the castles that had come before it. And it's so adapted to that like story tale um, fantasy, like high fantasy vibe compared to this more classical, you know, that's a castle and it's painted nice, but this has like the landscaping blends in really nice and the scale of it is more impressive. Um, And there were a lot of different aspects in the park that were just really good concepts. Like there's the whole discovery land thing which yeah. needs an episode on its own. But from the start, they weren't planning on putting a Tomorrowland here. It was going to be Discovery Land, um, which was going to be like H.G. Wells and Jules Verne kind of steampunk themed. And it's, you know, based off of a, a future that would never be. So it would never be out of um, like out of style and outdated. And that was in the concept art to start with. But then all of the financial woes happened and all of the money suddenly wasn't there. And so they had to cut way back. Like discovery land was going to be this entire indoor pavilion with multiple attractions inside of it and like restaurants and shopping. And then the, the only thing that really survived out of that was um, like the Nautilus attraction and then space mountain, which maintained some of the theming from then. But like, yeah, this is in no way to say that the Imagineers, you know, kind of phoned it in on this one. Like the the design work was put in. It's just a combination of like, no one actually asked the French people, would you be interested in this? And then made changes based on that. And, you know, the the company as a whole just like did not handle the opening very well and didn't do the you know, public opinion research at all. And and public relations were bad too. I mean, literally there's a quote (laughs) from the, from the head of theme park development at Disney saying literally, well, we're not French. So this is what you get. And, and expecting that to go well, like it's, but um, yeah. And and yeah, I mean, the thing is you put, you put this park opening day in in any state in the U S it does amazing. Like, Oh, right yeah. off the bat for sure fantastic the work was put in it it was truly a culture thing it, it mm-hmm. which is yeah crazy how much that can sink a park but it, it was it was a lesson it was a lesson of branching yeah. out into the into the international space that apparently disney really needed and yes it has shown to be fruitful that lesson mm-hmm. but it also almost killed them and yeah, like 
everything Disney has done after this that is like uh, not based in America, uh, they put so much effort into making sure that they're respecting and appreciating like the local culture and that they're making sure it's not just, you know, a U.S. transplant, which, yeah. you know, Tokyo so, happened so, to say some, they wanted, uh, and there's but no one else that wants that. Want. Yeah, well, there's <laughs> yeah. some things where people's like, yeah, no, we do want some U.S. here. And and you see that when you when you mm-hmm. look at like the resorts that are the most popular at, at Disneyland yeah. Paris and stuff like that. But it's 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 U.S. flavor versus U.S. all of it. And yeah. <laughs> and it's U.S. Like, shaped versus U.S. flavor. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. but um, yeah. So let, let's start talking about some of the things that are different yeah. in Disneyland Paris. That if somebody was looking to travel internationally, maybe they would want to go and see. And so I, I think a good one to start with, from what I saw, Main Street is pretty much the same. Um, yeah, it's very, it's very much Main Street USA. One really cool thing is one of the hotels is like on top of the yeah. train station. It is like really. Under you can literally it. walk. Yeah, you can literally like walk out of this hotel down a set of stairs and you're in the parks like mm-hmm. it is as close to a Disney park as you can humanly get. The rooms look at the castle like from the same view as if you were at the edge of Main Street. So that that really cool in its own. Um, yeah, super cool. Yeah. I think that hotel. Let me let me look at the name real quick trying to look um, it up it might just be the disneyland it's the, hotel it's, i think it's just the disneyland hotel yeah it's it's victorian theme so it, it almost mm-hmm. kind of looks like a mixture of disneyland hotel in california meets uh grand floridian almost yeah it's kind of the vibe that it gives um but once you get past main street this is kind of my favorite difference that i mm-hmm. found in the disneyland paris resort and it's it's across both both of the parks um Oh, for those who do not know, there is Disneyland Paris and then there is Walt oh, yeah. Disney Studios. It's essentially kind of like California Adventure and uh, Disneyland, Disneyland, like that yeah. kind of vibe. It, it's it's like a Hollywood Studios and a and a Disneyland. That's that's how the resort's broken up. And then there's eight hotels. Um, So the across both of these parks. Disneyland Paris has a lot of walkthrough attractions, like a yeah, lot that's... of walkthrough attractions, which Disney mm-hmm. World and Disneyland do not have. And I love that. I love walkthrough mm-hmm. attractions. They're a lot of fun just to do. And the castle has like the best one. Oh, it's so Because cool. it's like a you go. So you can go inside this castle and you can explore this castle. And there's actually two walkthrough attractions mm-hmm. there's one with a dragon's lair and then there's another one that's like the story of sleeping beauty and like mm-hmm. it, beautiful set designs there's a giant drag sleeping dragon animatronic like below the castle right isn't that you like go down you go it's like in the basement or like the dungeon of the castle and there's yeah. just like a giant sleeping dragon that was the largest animatronic Disney had ever created at the time. So in 92, the biggest thing they had made for animatronics. Yeah. This was so opening cool. day. This was opening day just, that this was yeah. in the park. And it, it it's super cool looking. Absolutely look pictures of this up. Um, but yeah, you're like going through this like basement dungeon dragons layer in the bottom one. And then the top one, it's the story of Sleeping Beauty told through these absolutely gorgeous stained glass windows and these mm-hmm. like storybooks that you can flip through. 
it's it's just super cool. I, I love that they do walkthrough attractions. Yeah. Um, I wish they did more walkthrough attractions in the U.S. parks because they've definitely mm-hmm. like taken a few of them out. And I really like those a lot more now because I feel like they are very nice to do with little kids because they can just run around and you're mm-hmm. not strapping them into anything and they you, you're not expected for them to sit still because you're walking through. Right. And I, I think, you know, maybe the opening of uh, Journey of Water and Epcot could be a sign that we might be getting some more of that, which would I be would nice. hope so. I yeah. I can't tell you how excited I am for that in April. Like, mm-hmm. it when, looks when we gorgeous. Go, I am. I am so excited. The kind of plan, the tentative plan right now is to use that as a way to like maybe watch the fireworks because uh, nice. fireworks are probably still going to freak them out. Yeah, um, sure. <laughs> so like my, my wife's not a big fireworks person. Um, so there might there might be a tentative plan so that I can watch the Epcot fireworks of like mm-hmm. them going over to Journey of Water, which I'm like, yeah, chef's kiss. Like, Fantastic. Great. And I mean, the so going along with the walkthrough attractions thing, it's not just like one or two in Disneyland alone in Disneyland Paris. There are so many walkthrough attractions and like playgrounds for kids yeah like in um in adventureland there's an area called adventure isle which is made up of two areas so they have what looks like the best swiss family treehouse you could find in any park it was really Um, cool looking (laughs) you've got like captain hook ship where there's like a meet and greet for smee and captain hook there are two colossal plague structures for kids like not just like a slide and some swings but just full-on like um Oh, what is it? The Boneyard in Dino Land? Yeah, like that, that size. It, similar to that. Yeah, like that size. And then there's also something called Spyglass Hill, which is a, a series of kind of underground mazes and caves that lead to treasure yeah. that you can find. This is all, there's no line for any of these. Maybe the meet and greet, but like no lines. This is just walk in and then go do this thing. Go explore at your own pace. Like kids can just run around and discover new things. That that's something that the U.S. parks are desperately in need of more of, like and the ability I hope to as just they expand, wander. They do that more, yeah. Because like Animal Kingdom is really good about that. Animal Kingdom has mm-hmm. a lot of like wandering and exploring and pathways and all these kinds of things. Yeah, that are, like very. Those are that's awesome. Like I love being able to like go through a park in a new way and like find a new corner and there's walkthrough attractions, but. The other parks just really don't have that. And, and Moana is getting added. That'll be a great walkthrough for Epcot. Um, Epcot is just a walking park in general. So I don't know if it necessarily mm-hmm. needs a more walkthrough rides. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a lot like that's that's a lot of the like the World Showcase is a walkthrough attraction by itself. Yeah. But like Magic Kingdom and Hollywood Studios, they don't really have those kinds of things and like Mm -mm. tom sawyer island but you gotta boat your way across which negates it for a chunk of people because they don't want to wait for the ferry Mm -hmm. and uh but having having stuff like that i'm hoping with like beyond big thunder and whatever expansions they're going to continue to do at hollywood studios i'm hoping they add more of that stuff because that Mm -hmm. is so nice to just be like have a no wait thing that you can just pop into and just see some cool stuff and get mm-hmm. out of the sun or or just have fun walking around like that that yeah. is extremely needed 
And like just designated areas for kids to get energy out. Yes. I'm sure you and countless parents appreciate just having that option to like, you know, go do your thing. We're going to sit here and watch like get that yeah, energy I, out. I need to do more research as far as the other parks go, because I know Animal Kingdom's one mm-hmm. uh, that's mostly the Boneyard. But I, I I don't know many of the other ones of like what the play areas are. Mm-hmm. And I'm a little worried because <laughs> it's like, oh, we need some. We need mm-hmm. some. There was the the challenge course in California Adventure. He yeah. loved that. He I bet. absolutely loved that. That was probably the his favorite thing of the trip mm-hmm. was that challenge course. But I don't think there's one of those. If if somebody knows that there's one of those, because I mean, I've I've never been a parent in Walt Disney World, so I have never paid attention to whether these things exist or not. Yeah, um, if I, if anybody knows of one, like, please, please message us. All I can uh, <laughs> think of is like, there's a couple of like splash pad type areas. Yeah. And like, you know, maybe the fountains by Imagination Pavilion and Epcot also just to like chase the water. But I'm trying to think of one in Hollywood Studios. I don't think it has. One. And I don't I really I don't, don't think, think there is does. one. No. Yeah, yeah they, there should be those in each park. I, I really yeah. do. I, I especially after seeing how many are in Disneyland Paris and how well done they looked and yeah. how nice that would that would be to just kind of go. It's like, all right, I'm going to sit on a bench. You go like, yeah, right. Onward. And, and there's <laughs> there's such a very there's such a varied level of involvement for parents. Like you have some like the play structures where it's like, we're going to chill. You go do your thing. And then there's like there's like an Alice in Wonderland labyrinth that features mm-hmm. little animatronics and characters that you can meet along the way. Another great thing that's just, you know, the whole group or whoever wants to can just walk through and experience things. And it makes you wonder, like, how was it Pirates or Haunted Man? I think Haunted Mansion was originally in Disneyland supposed to be a walkthrough. And it makes you oh, think, yeah, I think what I remember, it would have been yeah. like seeing what they what disney's obviously capable of with some of these walkthrough attractions like i think people hear oh it's a walkthrough or yeah you just kind of make your way through it and you're like oh boring but these you know if you look up some of the pictures or videos of these places far from it really cool they're they're really really cool. cool like really intricate storytelling and just it's not boring it's exciting and it's also just beautiful like all of disneyland paris is just gorgeous well, so the the main difference I think everyone notices with Disneyland Paris is just the the surprising number of walkthrough attractions. But I noticed that also kind of translates to the number of shows there are. Like I I saw that there are a significantly higher number of theater shows or yeah. kind of interactive crowd shows um, in both parks, which. I don't know if that's also a cultural thing or just what ended up working, but there's, I mean, in, let's see, uh, where is it? Oh, so in, in, oh, what is it called? Is it just Hollywood Studios? I think it's Walt Disney Studios. Walt Disney Studios. That's Walt Disney Studios. More, yeah. Yeah. Um, there's an area of that park where Tower of Terror is. And in that section alone, there are three shows. There are also, there's a section of their Avengers campus that is just for, uh, more intimate kind of meet and greet shows yeah in um let's see an area called toon studio there is a frozen show 
there's the Animation Academy. There is something called the Animagique Theater, which is where Mickey and the Magician is. Um, I I want to see that show so Which bad. looks amazing. I want to yeah, see that show that so That show bad. looks really good. And they've they've also got like Philhar Magic is in Disneyland. Um, and I think a couple of other shows. Like there are so many. And it just seemed kind of jarring compared to what we have in the US. At least like in one park, I feel like you can't find more than, I don't know, Two, like two to three shows. stage shows. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I don't know if that's just, and this could be, it's like, I mean, I say like, I would love to see these shows. I don't really go to many of the shows when we go, when we go on vacation, I, I much prefer walking sure. around yeah, same. and, uh, and doing the rides and that kind of stuff. But so it, it this really could just be a difference in, where the parks are located and what the general mm -hmm. population likes doing. Um, I know for a lot of people, they skip the shows and they, they do the rides and that's what they want to do. And that, that's like the kind of the main thing or they, or it's the food or stuff like that. But like people don't do the shows in Epcot. People don't do the, a lot of people skip like the sing-alongs and stuff like that in Hollywood studios. Um, there used mm -hmm. to be more shows in Hollywood studios and people just weren't filling the theaters. And so I, I I could imagine that this could be a difference. I would love to have one of these shows, though, especially the the Mickey and the Magician one like that yeah. one. I saw some clips from that one. It looked fantastic. Mm -hmm. It looked really yeah. cool. And I, I those kind of theater shows like I would absolutely I don't know. I, it would be really cool to have these in the U.S. parks at some point, like one of these shows. I, I would like to see another show come into like mm -hmm. Hollywood Studios and like a mickey focus show would be really cool um but i also think this this would be more like if i ever went to disneyland paris like i definitely want to hit these because they look like yeah. they weren't just like fill-in shows we need something here like they were mm -hmm. they look like good shows like really good shows yeah yeah like high production value shows and so i i agree like usually when we go we're not going to the shows and maybe it's just like an american attention span thing and sitting down for something <laughs> is like, why would I do that when I could walk around or like eat some food or go on a ride or something like that? But yeah, seeing some of the just clips from the shows in Disneyland Paris, I would absolutely need to check some of them out. Um, and I want to use that as a segue into what I think is the last major difference in the park design between this and the U.S. parks. And it's kind of exemplified by phantom manor and it's that things are generally darker yes which i really love and yeah. I, I wish we had more of here but i completely understand why we don't i and i i actually remember this one because this one was something i think it was mentioned in the imagineering story or behind the ride or one of mm -hmm. the two but when haunted mansion and tower of terror first got introduced it wasn't scary to the majority of the populace at mm -hmm. all. And uh, and that was just kind of shocking to the Imagineering <laughs> because like like Haunted Mansion isn't scary, but it's scary yeah. to little kids. Yes, it's just it was just funny. Like that's that's mm -hmm. all it was. It was just funny just to goofing. when it was in French. It was <laughs> in France. It was just goofy. Mm -hmm. And uh, Tower of Terror was the same thing. It was just kind of like corny and weird and funny. And but that's not what the people wanted out of the rides. They heard it was mm -hmm. a scary ride. So they want a scary ride. And so, yeah, they redid all of like the storylines and they like 
Haunted Mansion has its own unique story that's apparently like horrifying and it's like so scary. Like the uh, Tower Terror, I, same way. Does your rule about not watching ride videos extend to international parks? Not, not really. I, I, okay. I need to watch the. I need to watch the ride videos. Phantom Manor is there's like deep lore with Phantom Manor, and it ties in with uh, Thunder Mountain. Also, like they've written lore that ties oh, everything. Yeah, it's in SEA. It's together. an SEA thing, isn't it? Yeah, and like the the theming within Phantom Manor, there are some animatronics that are just genuinely kind of visceral and disturbing like there's some kind of um like demon dog looking animatronics that just yeah, have I like hyper realistic weird it's like yeah yeah it's, it's freaky cool. that would freak me out as a kid that would legitimately enter my nightmares yeah and i think i if i recall this the general story is that like the phantom used to be the the master of this manor and he like went through wives all the time until he found one that like she didn't want to be with him. And so he, I believe he killed her and it was just kind of like a, or no, she killed him or something. And even in the afterlife, he's preventing her from like leaving and doing anything that she wants to in every scene. It's just so cool. You can see her doing something and he's just kind of like hovering behind her. That's and it's so dark. It's just kind of generally creepier. And the, there's a whole so dark old ghost town scene instead of the uh, graveyard scene in the U.S. parks. It's really great. If you haven't seen a video of Phantom Manor and you don't mind spoiling it, you should absolutely watch it. It is like leaps and bounds better than either of the U.S. haunted mansions in terms of theming and story. And they use some really cool like new technology. It's great. Um and that's it's honestly the main reason I want to go someday is to experience <laughs> that <laughs> and to experience just the rest of the park. That's so different from anything we've got in the U.S. Yeah. So so I think like just rattling off some some big ones that are other yeah. things different. So like Walt Disney Studios, very show focused. It has mm -hmm. an Avengers campus. It has a Toy Story Land, which I believe was the first Toy Story Land. It was. Yeah. Um, it's uh it's got a car themed area but not a car land um, yeah they kind of they they break it up a little differently there's kind of like a pixar movies area and then there's like mm -hmm. a general movies area and then like yeah. a bunch of bays <laughs> uh their entrance uh filming bay yeah. i really like because it's like a nighttime hollywood street in in mm -hmm. a building which is really cool looking very cool um, I, I not something I necessarily would be like, oh, yeah, that needs to come over to the U.S. parks more just kind of like that's a that's a neat way to to introduce the parks like Hollywood night yeah. kind of deal. It's like very um, unique and very, you know, weather independent, which is probably yes, a big plus. Which is good. <laughs> uh, they have uh, they used to have rock and roller coaster starring Aerosmith. Mm -hmm. Ride did not do as well there as it does here. Yeah. Um, so they replaced it. That actually is where the Avengers campus for there went. And they have an Avengers roller coaster, mm -hmm. which is like Iron Man, Captain Marvel theme that uses a yeah. bunch of screens, which to mm -hmm. me validates our thought with the uh, with our mouse <laughs> geared like a lot. Yep. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's like the same track, but it's Avengers theme. Yeah. Apparently it's fantastic. The story's mm -hmm. great. And the, the clips I saw from the ride looked fantastic. Uh, what else? Like Pirates of the Caribbean is like on its own, like air, like there's a whole pirates area. I think it, yeah. well, that's what you were talking about earlier with the caves mm -hmm. too. Um, yeah. And I, and other Ooh. than like those, I, like the, 
the discovery the, island to me is like a huge one or discovery yes. land discovery land yeah and it's it's interesting with discovery land that it started out with such a big you know show stopping theme for the entire area it got paired back a lot and then you know kind of brought time, back up like kind of brought back up not to like, the same level but no and like time passed and ips became acquired so now in discovery land you can see this like beautiful steampunk space mountain next to a very like modern futuristic star tours building yeah i didn't like that the, it's kind of and then like autopia is there because i've gotta have autopia um and the the whole space mountain thing like it started out as um well, I think the original name of it was Discovery Mountain, and then they changed it to Space Mountain for so it would be more recognizable. And then it was Space Mountain Mission 2, which I apparently was just kind of a watered-down version of the original. Yeah. And now it's Hyperspace Mountain, which we all have our own opinions about. Um, and that's how Discovery Land... I don't know if it's currently Hyperspace Mountain. I know it's whenever Disney feels like slapping that overlay on, they do. But um, still, that Space Mountain is the only one in the world to have inversions. And it's the only one in the world, I think, that has a, a launch hill going into the ride, like an elevated launch. But that's the other main reason I'd want to go to this park is just it's so different from all the other Space Mountains. And it's so unique. And it's got some of that that original Euro Disney essence that got lost to time a little bit yeah no that launch is fantastic absolutely fantastic the entire steampunk aesthetic of that mm -hmm. park is amazing um i do not like the star tours there it completely it's really it weird it's a really weird throw off it should just yeah. have been in the studios area of the park mm -hmm. yes but yeah uh, so yeah or the other park but that steampunk i love that steampunk i wish they would just redo tomorrowland to that jules verne oh. aesthetic because yeah. it is it is what Tomorrowland is like that is that is what Tomorrowland was based off of, mm -hmm. except they tried to make it futuristic, like a futuristic version of that, like if we actually did it. But yeah. you just got it. You just got to full send it like just mm -hmm. full send it over there. Paint Pick everything brass and do it gold and and go go for it. So, yeah, that is if I were to take I think that's my biggest like take something from an international and put it onto ours. That mm -hmm. is my the theming behind discovery land is what i would want to put in there yeah mm -hmm. for sure and i'm looking at our time i, I think i it's, think it uh... might be time for the international gateway our segment that we do for this episode nice, um, nice. so essentially how this works is we each have a day that we're going to spend in the international park in paris this time and we just say what we would do with it so you got park hopper you got ticket you got one day um, probably are going to stay at one of the resorts, so you can pick that if you would like. And yeah, so I'm interested to hear what yours is. So I'm going to stay at the Disneyland Hotel for the Very reasons nice. we've already mentioned. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's right on top of the park. Easy choice. Um, I, I feel like I would spend a lot of my time going through all of the walkthrough attractions because it's not really something you can get in the U.S. Like, that's just so unique. Yeah. Um, so I'd want to hit those. And then in Disneyland, I'll, there's a lot of attractions that are Fantasyland, especially a lot of attractions that are taken right out of the Fantasyland playbook from the US. So don't really need to do a lot of those. Um, 
I would hit up Space Mountain. I would spend a lot of time in Frontierland and Adventureland because Adventureland has that insane looking Indiana Jones roller coaster. Yeah. That just looks like it really takes your bones, throws them into randomizer, and then puts them back in your body. <laughs> and that's the kind of experience I want. I want that uh, goofy Sky School. Um, oh, what was it? Angry Coaster. World. Yeah. 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 I want that kind of <laughs> injury. You um, only want that once, I'm telling you. But yeah, yeah, as no, long no. as it's not spinning you, which is a big. <laughs> That's big well. Benefit. Speaking of spinning, I'd, the I'd crush also want to. I'd want to ride the crush coaster. Yeah. So there's there's a roller coaster in the kind of Pixar area of the Studios Park that features cars that rotate, similar to Cosmic Rewind. But from what I can tell, it's not as choreographed. A little loosey goosey. Yeah. It's yeah. It's kind of just more like free flowing spinning. Yeah. So that would just be cool because I think that you know the whole. Um, EAC sequence in Finding Nemo has desperately wanted to be a ride ever since it was first shown. Really cool to see that. And then um, I'd want to experience an Avengers campus that has what seems like more to offer than the the Disney or California Adventure one. Yeah, I think it had more room when it was put in. I think it was Which, it was you were able to snag more room for that. Yeah. So I, I think it definitely lended itself pretty well. Also, Pim's being a buffet is interesting. Like, yeah, and Pim's the food kitchen, looked good. The food looked really looks good. I good. saw a giant pretzel sandwich that was like really good. Well, and then there's the there's like the Stark Factory quick service restaurant, which yeah. features the Hulkbuster like Hulkbuster prop armor. Yeah, just sitting there in the middle of the room, which would be so cool. Um, I think that those would be the high points of my day. I would wander everything that can be wandered in Disneyland, and then head on over to the studios. And just experience the things that we have nothing like in the U.S. I I think I'm the same way. I think I'm definitely I think top of my list is I want to hit every walkthrough that's in both Mm -hmm. parks. That's like top of my list. And then I think the ones I'm saying, because I mean, that's going to that's going to take a hot minute. I think the ones I'm throwing in there are are just uh, I'm hitting Discovery Discovery Land for a while. Because yeah. I want to really <laughs> soak in that aesthetic, hit hyperspace maybe once or twice, mm-hmm. and uh, then I think I'm I'm snagging the uh, I'm snagging the rides on the other side that we don't have the the Avengers flight course, the uh, mm-hmm. crush coaster, and then a couple of those shows. Uh, as far as yeah. where I'd stay, I would absolutely stay at the Disney Hotel New York, the the Art of Marvel one. Yeah, that's absolutely fair. I didn't think about that. Staying there, it's only like ten minutes away from the park. That's what's really nice is all those hotels are walking distance, um, and so that it's not nice. it's not super eight hotels, but they're all like within walking area to eight. the park. Whoa. Um, or seven, seven. I I okay. I, I only have six there were... here, but or no, no, it is. It's eight because there are two like nature resorts that are set back from the park, sponsored oh, cool. by somebody else. Um, but okay, yeah, yeah I I think I I think I'm really focusing on on those walkthroughs and mm-hmm. and then just the couple of the rides that I missed. But I I I think that's the that's going to kind of be the theme with what we like to do at these international parks. I mean, it's more about yeah. soaking <laughs> them in than just getting as many rides as humanly possible. Right, for sure. Yeah, I I really hope I get the chance to go to this park at some point. Honestly, I think this is the most attainable international park. Yeah, yeah, like, I would agree. Snag that on a Europe trip kind of deal. Yeah, I, I just think like for us, it's easier and more accessible to go to Paris than it is to go to somewhere in Asia. Like 
just at least for me difficulty wise and like navigationally and just you I, know and i i think like as far like english speakers and stuff like that mm-hmm. um as well europe's a little bit more populated with them yeah. and there's like the the odds of doing a europe trip someday in the future true something i would really want to do and there's a lot of spots i would want to hit and i would absolutely want to throw this on as one of the spots to hit oh and so like i i feel like that that especially for u.s park goers like this is wanting to do a europe trip is very common in the u.s Mm -hmm. and uh if you can do it and it wouldn't be that hard to throw this in for like a day or two right yeah yeah i think that puts a wrap on this guy though that was a lot of fun that's a wrap yeah i love talking about the international parks that's it's always always a blast always so interesting just to see the differences that that are Mm -hmm. there yeah well uh without further ado i believe this brings us to the end of our trip around the world showcase this time uh thank you all go ahead thank you all for (laughs) yeah we're so grateful thank you for uh taking the time to listen with us if you're still listening like we said check us out on social media we love interacting and hearing from uh, you guys if you want to hear the my mr toad's voice five-star review that's the price you gotta pay yeah and that really helps the podcast out too like that is that that is a big big help for the podcast and a big uh yeah, it's the it's the best way to help us out because it gets mm-hmm. us in front of more people. So if, if you like the show and you want to give us a little bit of help as as well, like just leaving that review is the best way to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, until next time, have a magical day. Yeah. Have a magical day. Have a magical weekend, everybody. 